Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. Lisa, Lisa Rubin. <laughs> Katie, Katie Harms. <laughs> very, very fun. I, yeah, we got to just mix it up a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm feeling... you always start by singing to start our podcast. Well, not by singing, singing, but having like a it's little. It's just my, my beautiful melodic voice. Yeah, which I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We just have different gifts, right? We do. Yes. And that's why we're doing it together. I'm super excited about today's guest. I am too. I have been working on her to come and be a guest <laughs> on our podcast for a long time because she's definitely the expert in the field that we are going to be discussing today. And you know, we always like the experts. We sure do. Do you want to, I mean, I think you can give her name. Of course. Her name is Helene Pessis and she is the co-owner of Continental Diamond. And Continental Diamonds has, it's a staple in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area, right? I mean, it is a staple. I, I think that they're incredible. I think that they, it's a happy place to go. Um, they have a set of core values that they stand by and every single employee, you know, that is their bottom line and honesty, honesty, you know, many people have had some bad jewelry purchases because someone on the other end possibly wasn't honest with them and you can trust them a hundred percent. And I believe they're non-commissioned too, which I think makes a huge yes difference. I in, think so too. I'm not sure, process. but I think so. Yes. I should say I know so because I was reading that in the background information too. So I think, I think you can also tell that when, you know, you walk into places too. Um, listen, let's talk about jewelry a little bit. And because I think it's an interesting jewelry accessories. I think that falls into an interesting category of maybe the unknown, especially with that, you know, we, we don't talk fashion per se, but there's changes in jewelry all the time. And it's a little different look here and a little different look there and all that. How do you approach that with your clients? Well, accessories to me is a, um, a big thing for your wardrobe. Um, it can make or break an outfit hundred percent. Um, and I think that Fine jewelry versus costume jewelry is something that I get asked a lot about. Um, I tell everybody that if and when they have the opportunity to buy one good fine piece of jewelry, then I suggest it, I recommend it. It doesn't have to be thousands of dollars. It could be a really nice pair of earrings. It could be a really beautiful bracelet. Um, just something that is really nice that they can feel really good about wearing 360 days a year. And somehow I'm going to guess <laughs> that your motto is less is more. Surprise, surprise, Katie. <laughs> so one of the things that when I do seminars for uh, companies is one of the things I talk about is making sure that the necklaces or bracelets that you're wearing 
don't make noise or sing. Because there's nothing worse than a woman having this chunky necklace or this glittery necklace or this glittery bracelet and they're talking and they're moving their hands and you hear it the whole time or your eyes are fixated on it and you don't hear a word they're saying. So super distracting, super distracting. So especially clients that are in court that are speaking, I always tell them, I want to see what you're wearing for your jewelry. And a lot of women love to have the glitzy earrings, nothing wrong with that. But just be careful where you wear them. I mean, a diamond stud earring never gets old. But if you're doing a longer, more costumey type earring, you need to be really careful where you wear that, especially now that we're on Zoom still. And every time you move your head, these earrings, you know, glisten and it can be very distracting. So it's just something that I really talk about a lot about. Fantastic. Well, we're going to talk more about it. We're going to be joined in just a moment by Helene Pessis, owner of Continental Diamonds. I think this is going to be such a great conversation, and I'm excited to hear. I want people to reach out to us and let us know their favorite piece and their first piece they ever bought for themselves. I think that would be a very interesting conversation. Lisa, I want you to introduce our guest because she is a longtime friend and you know her well. So bring us in. So we have Helene Pessis on today from Continental Diamond. I'm so excited to have her on as a guest. She's everything wonderful. So let's get started because I know a lot of people wanted to have me do a podcast on this very subject. And we always like to have the expert on and she's the expert. Good morning. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. So good to see you. I love, you know, I do do despite what Lisa thinks, a little bit of background research. And you were so great giving us some background. How did you get started? I love your story. Well, how I personally got started was that um, we were in business for about 10 years. And I provide a lot of just background help, but I wasn't actually working in the business. And then um, about year 10, one of the partners that we had at that time Um, was ill. And so my husband, Jimmy, who's my partner, called me and said, you need to help us. Like we can't, we aren't paying bills and we have payroll and you need to come in. So I came in and I never left and my roles just kept changing and growing. And I've been there for 30 years. And before that, back up before that, back up before that, that, because you and Jimmy started as a couple, how old were you? I was 15 and he was 16 and we started dating um, at our high school. We met at our high school and uh, we were married at at 22. Uh, I was a teacher. So back in the sixties, I grew up in the sixties and seventies. And I thought as a woman, I could be a teacher. I could be a nurse or maybe a secretary. So I (laughs) chose teaching. Um, I think I was good at it. I taught for about 10 years, but I don't know that it was my passion. So when I ended up at Continental Diamond, um, I will never, never regret one minute of my teaching, but I am very happy for the opportunity I've had for growth and education personally. Well, thank you. I love the fact that you're in partnership with your husband. How did that come about? Was that a conversation that you had at some, somewhere along the line as women, I think a lot of women work in their family business, working there, but I don't know 
that they necessarily think to say, hey, I want a partnership. Well, and I don't know that we ever thought that we wanted a partnership. I think that circumstances aligned that it ended up to be a partnership. But we have very, very different skill sets um, and very different areas of the business that we stay focused on. Um, so it works. And people often say, really, you work with your husband? I, you know, How does that go? Um, for us, it goes well. So we do not see each other constantly throughout the day. We are focused, as I said, on different areas of the business. Um, but it's it's been wonderful for us. It's worked really, really well for us. Um, the, I think the only thing I could say negative is you bring it home. So I'm a morning person. And in the evening, Jimmy might ask me some questions. And it's like, I'm done. Um, so we have to do it in the morning. And I've also started where we sometimes sit at a table and make it more of a professional conversation. Um, seems to work really well for us when we're at home. Well, I think that's really great because it, you have a lot of respect for each other and what do. your roles are and you know what your defined roles are. And I think for a lot of couples, they don't know how to do that. And that's yes. where the trouble starts. So I, I agree. And I you, agree. you notice that when you go into your store too. I mean, you know, Jimmy's the diamond guy. I know yes. that because I brought a lot of clients in and had him myself and blah, blah, blah. But he's the diamond guy. So if someone wants to come in and, and do diamonds, you're like, my husband, Jimmy, will take care of that piece of it. And that's, that's the end of it. And I think that that's really nice. And you're exactly right. I, I think that has made it work really well. And he does that vice versa for me. So if somebody comes in and they're looking for a piece of jewelry, he'll say, my wife buys most of the jewelry. You want to work with her. You don't want to work with me. And we have a wonderful team. We have what we call an a dream team. team. An, an incredible, incredible team. An incredible team. Thank you. We do. We have an incredible team. We call them our dream team. Um, so there's a lot of, lot of uh, good advice out there. Well, Under the your, roof of Continental. Your team has been together for quite a while. Yes. We have people that have come from other stores and stayed for 15, 20, 25 years. So we are very fortunate um, with that. And as and you're setting up a business and when you talk about it just purely in the business realm of things, which, you know, we're so fortunate to have a very strong following of professional women in the work world, I think what I sense and what I know is that you start with a core set of values mm -hmm. and that drives you. So talk about how you came up with that concept and, and what those core values are. Well, it's, it's been a growth for sure. Um, you know, we were not, we were entrepreneurs, but not with a lot of background. So we had core values, but we didn't really have them defined on a piece of paper. Um, but I think it definitely comes across. And as we've progressed and we've become more organized in our thoughts and in our leadership thoughts, I think number one, our passion is for people. So that is the first passion that we feel. So whether it's for people as our customers, people as our, our team members or, or vendors that we use, that is always our first line. And then we have the passion for jewelry, of course, and then we have the passion for learning. So I think people feel that. I feel, think that they, um, they know how much we care. They know how, how great our culture is. They know how great our dream team is. And it all comes across. And, and of course, you know, our selection of jewelry, we're, we're proud of. So we have a great selection that we hand choose. And that's really important. It's chosen 
for our, our customer, for our store, by our team. I just can't imagine a buying trip. That that has to be just like, I used to be in the shoe business and go on uh, buys for shoes. And I just loved every minute of it. I got to believe jewelry is a whole different, well, just it's the realm that you know, but exciting. Love, love, love jewelry shows and have not been to one for two years in COVID. So we are looking forward to hopefully going in June to the largest jewelry show. But yes, I, I love, number one, seeing a vendor's total line. You know, they'll come to the store, they bring a part of the line. I love seeing the entire line to choose from for what we're going to bring into the store. I love walking around looking for that new it piece or a new line that I think everybody will really enjoy and is beautiful and a good value. So I cannot wait to get back to the jewelry shows. <laughs> Where is the largest one? Where will you go? Las Vegas in the United oh. States is Las Vegas. Yeah. So Fantastic. that's where I'll be heading. Where is it held there? I'm just curious. I love Las Vegas. At the convention center in the Venetian. Sometimes it leaves and comes back, but that's the, that's where it is. And then there's another show at the Wynn. So that's the couture show, but the main show and the luxury show are at the Venetian. Fantastic. Lisa was mentioning this and she made a great point. People generally come in for happy occasions. Mm -hmm. We are definitely in the happiness business um, without a doubt. And yes, they come in for occasions. They come in to get engaged. They came in for a self-purchase, but I think one of the reasons that maybe Lisa and I have a friendship and she has brought people to, to our work is that um, we are really perfectly aligned. I mean, we both feel we want women to be the best version of themselves. And we both really deeply care about how women present themselves and also how they feel, whether it's wearing jewelry or wearing clothes. I think the difference is, is that more women are comfortable buying clothes and handbags and shoes than they are buying jewelry. So they think of jewelry more as a gift giving item. Um, we, over the years, it's changed. We have many self-purchasing women and it's very exciting because they've given themselves permission to want jewelry, to wear jewelry and to enjoy jewelry. And they understand that it's part of that style. It's part of that whole brand that Lisa has talked so much about. So jewelry and clothing all aligned. That was so well said. Colleen. Oh, thank you. That was so well said because absolutely that is why I bring my clients into you. And sometimes thank it you. is for their first purchase that they've ever mm -hmm. purchased on their own. Um, and it is so important when they finally make that purchase how happy they are and how excited they are. And they can't wait to get it and wear it because a lot of it can be custom. We'll talk about that later. What do you see as the woman when they want to buy something for themselves for the first time, what piece of jewelry do you commonly see them buy? Well, I guess it changes. There's a lot of choices there. Um, it depends what they already have in their jewelry wardrobe, number one, um, and where they're comfortable. So there's a, there is definitely a jewelry wardrobe, what I call a jewelry wardrobe, but you also have to think about what their comfort level is and maybe what their style is. So someone that's classic, uh, if they don't have a pair of diamond studs, they might want a pair of diamond studs. If they don't have um, a diamond tennis bracelet, or maybe they need to start a little 
simpler meaning a gold, a gold bracelet or a right-handed ring, but it, it's really varied across the board. I couldn't really choose just one item because you have to know what's already in their, in their jewelry wardrobe. Okay. Now, when you think about an engagement customer, many times that, that engagement ring is their first entrance into fine jewelry. And so it's fun because they, they have fun with that and then they go on from there. And then we start, start adding to that. And you can mix jewelry. You don't have to buy all fine jewelry. Some can be what we call bridge jewelry, which is kind of in between that fine jewelry and um, costume jewelry. That's a good word, bridge jewelry. I haven't mm -hmm. heard that. That's a good one. I'm going to start Thank using you. that, Helene. Okay, you can have it. How about watches? Do you see a lot of women buying watches for themselves? Not as much as it used to be, but watches are still... Last year, we sold a lot of watches. Um, not sure why there was such an interest in watches last year, but maybe more for men than for women. But women do wear buy watches, but not as much as jewelry. Okay. I, I think about in that realm, as I'm looking at my Apple watch, and I think that's probably changed that area of jewelry as well, right? It has, but you know, you're so connected to your phone. So your watch now is another connection to your tech world. And I think a lot of women, and I know a lot of men are still wearing watches. So, but I do, um, I know our, our listeners can't see, but you have a whole stack of bracelets next to your watch, which is really fun. <laughs> I do, I do. And some were gifts and, you know, and that what's interesting about that too, is I look at what's changed over time. So talk a little bit about the change in style and I, get, I would say, I don't even know if this would be considered bridge jewelry, what's next to my watch. I do have a nice piece, a little tiny piece that never really comes off, but but the the stack of what would we call them, bead, beads? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, that changes over time and will change depending on what I'm wearing. So what are you seeing there? And what's in, what's the most common you're seeing in those bridge pieces right now? I think it's a combination of a little bit of everything. I mean, we have lines that we would call bridge. They have some sterling, they have some stainless, they have some ceramic. So the price points are a little lower and they're really fun pieces that mix very well with your classic, um, more elegant pieces. It, you know, trends come and go. It's a little harder in jewelry because especially fine jewelry because they're generally more expensive. But I find that trends... Sometimes a classic will become a trend and a trend will become a classic. So I'll give you an example of that, a trend that became a classic. So maybe about eight to 10 years ago, there's a pair of earrings that are called inside out diamond hoops. They come in all different sizes. They come in, in circles. They come in um, oval shapes. And it was, I believe, such a genius design that it is now a classic and something that I would say every woman should have in their jewelry wardrobe. So you see that. Another example of a trend we see right now is um, stretch bracelets. Uh, and they can be in fine jewelry or in bridge jewelry. Uh, so women love that. They don't have to have somebody help them put the clasp on, take it on, take it off. And you can easily just stack it onto your wrist. I, I believe what you're wearing is probably a stretch bead bracelet. Yes, yes. Um, but again, that was a trend that came in and has gained momentum as we go along. 
So now to me, that could be a jewelry staple or a core piece. Other things that are trending right now, uh, yellow gold, yellow gold jewelry in fashion is, is very popular and you're seeing it a lot. Um, so that comes and goes, right? So some people stopped wearing yellow and went directly to white gold or platinum, but some women never left the yellow gold. So although you think of trends, they also come and go. Um, other trends, hoops. Again, the classic woman would wear the smaller earrings um, and the woman who is more whimsical or maybe you call her bohemian, she would wear larger and bolder earrings. So um, even within the trends, there's different styles. Some other trends, maybe a pendant. Um, people are wearing charms again. So you people are digging out their charms that maybe they had on their charm bracelet, but putting them on a pendant. Uh, and there you have a lot of choices because you can wear it at different lengths. You can wear them on different chains. Um, you can add them to an existing necklace. So uh, again, things come and go and it's, it is fun. And we always want to have trends in our store because you talk about retail therapy. Sometimes you need that trend <laughs> to just liven things up and make things a little bit more fun. There's, I talk about retail therapy a lot, Helene, I know. on the podcast, but retail therapy, buying jewelry, I'm all okay with because <laughs> you really have to think about it at the end of the day. You know, I, are you going to wear this and do you want it? You can't just yes. go online and order something. Yes, you can. But you, most people like to come in, try it on, look at it, see if they like it, the way it hangs, if it's a necklace, earrings, all of those things. Because I remember you telling me I wanted one of those diamond hoop earrings. And how many have I tried on? 10, 15. But the way my earlobe hangs, I can't wear those earrings. They don't look good on me. So that's just, so I had a pivot and I got new diamond stud earrings, but those are also things that they're, they're so good at a continental diamond. You put something on and if it doesn't look good, and if you're somebody who's going to come in by themselves and have a salesperson help you, you're going to get an honest opinion. Yes. And I think that is one of the most important things. And the reason why I send people to you, because nobody's going to say, oh my God, that's amazing. If they don't like it on you, they're going to show you something else. Absolutely. You know, you have to be true to yourself too. If I have a woman come in and I look at what she's wearing and everything is teeny and classic and, and traditional, you know, why would I show, to show her a big wide diamond bracelet or a big wide gold cuff? It's not going to feel comfortable on her going back to the, how does she feel? And she's not going to have it be one of her favorites. And we want to aim for favorites so that you can wear a favorite every day or one or two or three favorites every day. So yes, you will always get honest answers and education. And I still think in the jewelry industry, brick and mortar, we are doing just fine because people do like to come in, see it, feel it, touch it, see how it works on their, their own body. And so we're very fortunate in that way. Well, I love that you get to know your clients. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, it just, the repeat client is obviously because you form these friendships, it's relationships, mm -hmm. you're building relationships. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be in a forward facing business, if you don't enjoy people and building those relationships, then 
you're not going to enjoy what you do. You're not going to have the same kind of success. So in getting to know them and their families, that has to be uplifting. It's joyful. It's just joyful. I have met so many, and all of us at Continental Diamond have met so many wonderful people and families. And we have mothers and fathers that refer their children, which is the greatest compliment you can get. And it's, it's fun. And we have, we have younger clientele and we have older clientele and it's, it's wonderful. And you know who they are and you know what to suggest. So if somebody does come in to buy them a gift, we know what they already have. We know the style. So when I talked about, you know, being comfortable wearing jewelry and, and knowing what your style is, we know that. And it's, it's one, it's wonderful. We are definitely, I said it before, I'll say it again. We're in the happiness business and how lucky are we? We're going to take a little break and talk about something different. Also in the happiness business is Rustica Bakery. Yes. (laughs) Love Rustica. (laughs) Exactly. And Rustica has been our sponsor now for over a year. And we love talking about them because like diamonds, they make us smile, but in a different way. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite Rustica item? Oh, I love bread. So give me any good bread. So that's where I would go at Rustica to that section. I love bread too, but the cookies always get me. So, I mean, I love bread and cookies, but if I had to choose, (laughs) I go for the cookie. (laughs) You know, at least that might be one of the new questions we have to ask people is, are you a sweet person or a savory person? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good Good question. question. I'm definitely a sweet person. Savory. I love that. Now, Rustica, they have two locations, which is really great. Bidet Makaska, I think is, I still have trouble saying it, but I'll keep saying it until somebody tells me I'm wrong. So their location there, kitty corner from the Whole Foods, right off the lake, easy parking, easy in and out. And then in Southdale, right off of where Lifetime Fitness is, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the cookies and that just got me all, you know, I took one of my left turns. (laughs) They also have great parking and in and out. Their sandwiches are fresh and fantastic. Their staff is great. They really have some great people. They have put together, as you have, Helene, a phenomenal staff. So we encourage all of our friends to check out Rustica Bakery. Let's keep talking the beautiful things that you get to work with every single day. So Helene, I know that you do a large custom business. Mm -hmm. You have done several wonderful pieces for many of my clients and friends. Talk a little bit about that and what you do and what you can do and what you cannot do. Well, I think one of the wonderful things about jewelry is that you can repurpose it or you can reinvent it by a custom design. So we have many people that come in and they might have inherited some jewelry um, or they just bought something years ago that is just not their style anymore because that does change over time. Um, And so we have the opportunity to kind of do two types of custom. One, we can use a CAD program, which is a computer-aided design program. We have a wonderful woman, Ashley, who is amazing, and she can look at what you have, and you can work together to form a custom piece. She will design it right in front of you on a TV screen so you can give feedback. Um, One of my favorite things to be to participate in also. Um, You can also take pieces and parts of your jewelry and just recreate them by 
what we call just a manufacturing process. So we buy a new ring setting or we buy some bezels to mount it in and we just change it up a little bit and you have created an entirely new look, which is wonderful and very, very exciting. And which is unique to each person because unique. no two set of pieces mm-hmm. are going to be alike that somebody comes exactly. in with. Exactly. And, you know, interestingly enough, I was thinking about this, having the, being that I'm going through a move, which is seems to be a every three-year process these days. No, but- Katie, not in every three-year process. In every 18 months to two-year process. Oh. Katie <laughs> moves every 18 months to two years. And that is no That's joke. That's tough. <laughs> that is no joke. Well, this one was interesting because going through, I went through jewelry, costume, nice pieces, looking at things and going, why do I keep moving some of this stuff? I did the same thing with silver plate, right? Mm -hmm. So you're talking about all these these things you have. And I think being that there's been time now to actually, through COVID, people have been going through their houses and cleaning things out and trying to determine where they're going to put that extra office. And so lots of things have changed. And I look at this and think, what a shame, because some of it was gifts, some of it was handed down. And I think this should be something I could wear and enjoy rather than open my drawer and see it in the drawer. And you're not alone. I mean, there are many, many, many women and men that that have come to that same conclusion. And I think, again, what's so wonderful about jewelry is you have something you can work with. So if you choose to redesign it, I have many women and men that have come in, they come in with a bag full of stuff, some of it fine, some of it costume, they don't even know what's costume and what's fine and what's what we call bridge. Um, And I can sit down or a team member of mine can sit down and we go through it and we talk about it. And there are times where I'll say, you're never going to wear this anymore, scrap the metal. (laughs) Or, you know, I think this might come back in favor and you may enjoy maybe not this year, but maybe next year or the year after. And I think you should keep it. And this might be a piece that you redesign. And so it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And with, so what, what I also didn't say is um, I had my first degree was in art. I became an art teacher K through 12. So I think jewelry was a natural fit because to me it is, it's beautiful art pieces. I mean, every piece of fine jewelry is, is just like a little, art object. And so I have fun doing that. I have a lot of fun doing that. That's amazing. And, and true. That's, that's helped you through your, your world of buying. Definitely without a doubt, a lot to learn. I mean, there's a lot to learn in jewelry. There's a lot of gems. There's a lot of different styles and setting and what's quality and what's value. But without a doubt, the jewelry background has been really helpful for me because I oversee the fashion buying. So I have a lot of fun with that. So I have another question regarding what, when people come in, what are some of the commonly asked questions that maybe you could talk about on the podcast a little bit to help people when they're thinking about coming into a store and buying either their first piece or doing a custom piece or whatever to kind of put them at ease? Because some people have questions and they're afraid to ask them. Well, we always tell our customers, our clients, that there are no bad questions and then there are no dumb questions um, and ask away and you can keep asking. So we're all about education. We try and meet the customer where they're at, because sometimes we have that customer, like you just said, has no idea, has never bought a piece of fine jewelry. So we are a fun store. We are a low key store. Um, We're not all in suits and 
and uh, I guess I'll use the word stuffy. We're very approachable. Um, and I think that puts people at ease right away. They also come into the store, we're generally busy. So they kind of feel like they're in the right spot, which is nice. But as I was saying, we meet people where they're at. So if they know nothing about jewelry, then we answer, educate, or we teach them, we educate them on whatever it is that they're, they're purchasing. Some people will come in, they know exactly what they want. Um, and all we have to do is direct them to where it is in the store and then talk about the quality of the piece and why we think the piece is wonderful. Um, and then there's that techie customer and oh, why watch out for that techie customer because you have to provide a lot of information, which is great. Um, it may take two, three of our team members to answer all the questions, but we try and meet them where they're at and then listen, ask questions, hear where they, where they want to go from there. And I think that that puts them at ease. The techie question, or the techie, <clears throat> excuse me, the techie client makes me think of, in my world of space planning organization, closet design, it's the engineer. Yes, it's the engineer. <laughs> it's the engineer. Yes, <laughs> And it they're is. fabulous. They're fabulous, yeah. but they want, they, they, they make you think about why yes. you do the things that you do, which is not a bad thing. Yes. No, none of it's a bad. And, um, but you also have to know, like, if they're not a techie person, you may overload them with too much information. So you just have to know who your audience is. And, um, and we are very, our team is very well educated. So they can answer most questions. And if they don't know the answer to the question, they get somebody that can answer the question. So there can be that's, an honest answer. That's fabulous. Do you keep I think about almost um, when you're when you're getting married and you go and you do a what do you call it? You're picking wish things list. out and start wish list. And mm -hmm. do you keep client wish lists so somebody we comes do. in and says, "Okay, we do," because um, you know if somebody's coming in to buy a gift and it's there's something they really want, let's get get them what they really want rather than trying to guess. So yes, we keep a wish list um, during the engagement process. We keep lists of what they looked at and, and the items or the direction they're choosing to go. Um, so yes, definitely we keep wish lists. Well, and interestingly enough, I think back to very early on in, in my marriage with my husband and he bought me a piece of jewelry and it was a surprise piece of jewelry. It was so lovely, the sentiment, right? I think we've maybe all been here. The sentiment was so lovely. It was not anything I was ever going to wear. And yet his kindness and his thoughtfulness. So approaching that, you know, when, when that client comes in to see you, when that guy comes in, you can probably tell he walks in the door and he's probably like, oh, I don't know. I need to get a piece of jewelry for, <laughs> I need to make up or do whatever. I just want to be nice. And then how would you tell women to approach that too? Because you don't want that sitting in the drawer doing nothing. I lovingly said to my husband, this is so kind of you. Can we go pick something out together that I, that I know that I would really love? And I think you did it perfectly. I think what happens sometimes, um, not very often, which is good, is that uh, after a man or a husband or a boyfriend, significant other, gives somebody a gift, and time after time after time, they're rejected by that. You know, don't like it, don't like it, don't like it. They stop giving. 
So I think the way that you did it was perfect. You know, you do it lovingly, you do, let's make this a, um, something we can do together. Um, and uh, again, if we have a relationship, it generally doesn't happen too much. It's not to say it doesn't, because maybe that woman has something else in mind. But um, if you have that relationship, you know the style. And otherwise, you know, we, we may go to a more classic. So that, that core jewelry wardrobe, do they have diamond studs? Does she have a gold bracelet? No, she doesn't like bracelets. Okay, does she wear earrings? You know, you just kind of ask some leading questions, um, some informative questions that give you an, an answer to what direction you should go to. And that's where I come in. <laughs> yes, exactly. If you're there, <laughs> because you're Because a lot of husbands <laughs> of clients of mine do call me, especially at Christmas time or birthday time. And they're so excited because I do know everything they're going to like. And so then I think there's more gratification and the woman really likes it and it goes really well. So if somebody has some, you know, it doesn't have to be me, of course. But my suggestion is if this particular woman has a best friend or has somebody that knows what they like, they should take them with them to pick it out. I agree. And, and, you know, I also think that you need to be a little vocal about what you want. And I think that's okay. There are, you know, you can take a catalog and circle something with a heart and say, you know, let your, your significant other, your partner know that that's something you'd really, really love. And I think, I think that's okay. I, there's a, a funny story. So you talk about, I probably shouldn't be telling this on air, but um, there's a funny story. So one day Jimmy came to me and he handed me a box and, and there was a, a beautiful, beautiful diamond ring in there um, to wear as my engagement ring. And I looked at it and I started sweating and hyperventilating because it was not my style at all. It, I put it on and I, I just thought, oh my word, he really got this wrong. So I went to our designer and I said, Ashley, you know, um, um, what, what are you thinking here? And she said, we told him, we told him you weren't going to like it. We told him. And then I went to our manager, our store manager. And I said, Beth, and they all agreed. So I had to do the same thing that you did, Katie. I had to go to my husband who was in the business with me and say, I think it was so sweet of you and so kind of you. He said, you don't like it. I said, you're right. <laughs> I don't like it. I redesigned a ring and I love it. And he was fine with it. But I think you're right. You have to do it with kindness. Thank you for sharing that because I would think it would be difficult. His was the business in his family before you came into the family. He started with two other two partners at the time. We had bought the partners out quite quickly after, but no, neither one of us were in the business. Long story, so, which will be another podcast. Okay. So when you got engaged, he was not in the business. Correct. He was not in the business when we got All right. engaged. Yes. All right. So I, I was wearing um, his grandmother's three quarter carat diamond and I still have it, but I don't wear it every day. <laughs> <laughs> but I still have it. It has great memories, which is one thing that's lovely about jewelry is there are so many stories behind this jewelry. One thing that we designed um, many years ago was a card where people can say what we believe that that jewelry tells stories and is part of a history. So we developed a card 
where you can write the date you receive something and what it is. And the person that's giving it to you can write in their own handwriting, because we don't mm. see that very often, um, in their own handwriting, why they got it or why they gave it to you and what the significance of it is. And it's something that you can keep and hold forever. And that's one of the beauties of jewelry is they, you remember why you got it, what you got it for, where you were. And that's lovely. I mean, and that's also lovely. it, jewelry can become your lucky piece. I agree. It can be, you know, it can be what you need to put on so that, you know, if you're going to have a day where you need to have something really big happen, or you're having a bad day and you want it to be a better day, putting something special on jewelry wise, just like having an outfit that you like, it just helps you the energy. I think jewelry has energy and it just helps with the energy for yourself. I agree a hundred percent. And, and I love that, that so much. I, I, okay. I have a follow-up question to that. The writing, is that card a certain size? Do you have a little box that it goes in so that as people add, they can add that to it? It's a gift, you know, like a gift card you'd buy in any other store. So you wouldn't give it as a gift card instead of a gift card and you keep it. Um, so you can put it away in your jewelry box. You can put it in a safe. You can put it wherever you want, but you always know what that piece is, where, why that piece was given. And just to have the, again, have the thoughts and the handwriting is what think, a cool lovely. thing for somebody oh. to do, to have for, you know, when they pass on. Yes. Yeah. Um, I had, a doubt. I mean, it's similar, but my grand, when my grandmother passed away and she was 93, you know, we were going through her stuff and mm -hmm. she had a few fine jewelry pieces that my mom and her sister got, but everyone's kind of going through. And my grandmother was a religious woman. And I'm like, I want a prayer book. Now mm -hmm. I am not a religious person, but when I would go to the synagogue, I would always sit by my grandmother Mm -hmm. And I got her prayer book, but Lovely. the thing that was the, the coolest thing, and I didn't find it right away is she had written a note for when she dies. Wow. And it was incredible. It was incredible. And, you know, if I'm having a day, I will go back to that prayer book and I will read that. It Beautiful was a story and nobody, nobody knew about it. And I didn't want to tell anybody right away because I didn't want anyone to say, well, I want the prayer book now. So I waited a few weeks and then I, <laughs> <laughs> then I read it to them, but is that, it was just incredible. So oh, there's man. a little, little, so thanks, for, thanks for sharing that. So I, I, there's a beautiful story. Absolutely. Um, I have a story like that. My mom, when my mother passed away, she wore a diamond heart every day never took it off, which is kind of maybe it was her lucky piece. I know it was her favorite piece. She didn't have a lot of jewelry, but when she passed away, I took it. It wouldn't be something that I would choose to wear every day, but when we have special occasions in our family, I put it underneath. And so my mother is there with us. Mm. And I think, you know, people have that story um, and it, it's attached to jewelry more than any other item, I think, at least in bulk. So yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful story. Colleen, I'm switching gears. I, wait, I, wait, we can't switch gears yet because <laughs> okay. I, the, first of all, thank you both for. I'm like I, I literally have tears oh. because I too the energy of something is there. It lives in it. I believe this with houses. 
Mm-hmm. I think energy carries on. I remember the day that my mom's house, mom and dad's house was completely empty. There was not a thing in there. And I walked around the living room and I could not help, but there's some, there's, this still feels full. I'm missing something. What I was missing was that it was the energy of 50 years of life and experiences and things that have happened. And that does not, it can be a big space, a little space. It can be a piece of jewelry. It's whatever brings that to you. And I'm just going to say, take this idea and run with it. But the, the size of that card if there was a box that would be sold to fit those cards, and there probably is boxes of all sizes. Mm-hmm. But when I think about when someone passes on and the ability to find that all in one place and to literally say, this is for your jewelry collection. And even if it was bought somewhere else to be able to put little cards in there to write on there, I wish I would have had that for some of the things that have come down through the generations in our family when it was given to a person. And yeah, yeah, that would, that would be neat. And now I think I want to go categorize everything and try to figure it out, but I (laughs) definitely will do it for my three daughters. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We are switching gears now, Katie. And I want to talk a little bit about cleaning your jewelry because Mm. everybody has their ideas of how they clean jewelry. But I think that there are some good pieces of advice that you can give everybody. Well, I think the biggest piece of advice is do not take all your jewelry and throw it into a plastic bag and everything's hitting everything else. It's, we see that a lot when they come in to get their jewelry cleaned. It's like they take it out of their purse. It's all in a bag all together. All the diamonds are hitting the metal and that drives me crazy. So that's the first thing. Keep your jewelry separate. Um, you can clean jewelry at home. There are some gems that won't allow you to do that. Like uh, an emerald, you would never want to put an emerald into some jewelry cleaner. Um, Pearls, you would never want to put pearls into jewelry cleaner. But most jewelry can be cleaned at home with a small container. You have a little basket in the container, put the jewelry in, you soak it, can't hurt it, not going to take off any metal, can leave it in there for a while. Then you take a soft toothbrush and you brush the product that's uh, the liquid product into the piece and you rinse it under hot water, always remembering to close the sink. You don't want it to go down the sink. Um, And that's something that you can do at home. You can also have a a polishing cloth that's made for gold or silver. You can give it a little polish. Um, Pearls can be wiped off with a soft cloth. You don't wanna use any kind of a cleaner with them. But um, I think the biggest mistake people make is just throwing it wherever it's going to be thrown. And diamonds, for example, are the hardest gem. Doesn't mean they can't chip. So you do not want to be throwing everything around. Um, what should I, you put in the solution? Oh, you you can buy you. We get we can give you jewelry cleaner. And it's, oh, jewelry it's, cleaner, not like yeah. alcohol and down soap or something. Well, you could probably use a soft soap and lit water. Absolutely. Um, alcohol, you could also use, but we have little jewelry cleaners that we give our, our customers or whoever asks. Okay, fantastic. Well, we are up against the clock. We could go on for hours, but I, this has been so fun and so informative. I cannot wait 
to come in with my pile of shoes. <laughs> I look forward to it, Katie. <laughs> 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 With this, okay, but fun. we have to end on one question, Katie. Hello. Oh, All right. Well, and then we Hello. have to talk nonprofit. So, well, of course that. But <laughs> all um, right. What I what question are you picking, Lisa? I am picking Helene. What is your yes. superpower? Oh my! Wow, my superpower. I think um, my superpower would have to be my desire to research and learn and and continue to grow. I mean, I'm not a young woman and I I think that is just going to be with me throughout. So and is and has helped me have success in my life. If you're okay, talking, that's, yeah. yeah. That's that's a great answer. There's no Thank wrong you. answer. I just No, I know that. And my superpower well, would have to be my family also. The love I get from my family. So have to they add give that. you your superpower. That's fantastic. Yes. Thank yes. you, Helene. Let's Thank talk you. a minute about nonprofit. You yes. have brought a nonprofit to us. Talk about who that is. It's the World Central Kitchen that was started by Chef Jose Andreas. I was researching this a little bit before coming on, and I'm just going to read what's on their website, which is wck.org. And uh, WCK is the first front lines providing meals in response to humanitarian climate and community crises. We build resilient food systems with locally led solutions. And on the story page, it says wherever there's a fight, so hungry people may eat, we will be there. We must be there. What an incredible organization. It's incredible. It's uh, incredible what he's doing and what he has done. And right now on the, on the front lines of the Ukrainian crisis, he has already served 1 million meals to Ukrainian refugees. And, you know, talk about your eyes filling with tears and uh, a charity for the moment right now. It's, it's just, yeah, who wants anybody to go hungry? You know, I surely do Well, don't. in the timing of this, bringing this too, because I have been trying to figure out exactly where to give in this mm-hmm. crisis. So bringing this at this particular time answers that question for me. So that's a gift as well. Good. I'm glad because it's a wonderful organization. Thank you. And again, the website is wck.org. Food is a universal human right. It certainly is. Certainly. Helene, thank you. Thank you. I really had fun. Fantastic. I'm not sure I thought this was going to be fun. So I'm very happy. It was fun. Oh, and you're smiling and you're smiling. I'm smiling. smiling. Absolutely. So thank you for inviting me. You're so welcome. I would have to say that I think maybe, and maybe Lisa, you can agree your superpower might be the ability to connect with people very easily. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for being with us. You're welcome. Thanks. Oh my gosh. What a delight she is. is. She is a delight and she's, she's so caring and honest and genuine and smart and organized. She's organized like me, Katie, her thoughts have to be organized. I loved it. (laughs) I loved it too. I can see why you are. I can see why you bring your clients, you direct your clients there. It it totally makes sense. And the alignment that she talked about for you on the front end uh, really is fantastic because it's so true, right? From a, you know, we talk about accessories and that doesn't just mean jewelry 
And before Helene came on, we were talking about uh, less is more, right? Yes. And I think she would espouse that also. But I think what she talked about that you talk about all the time is finding what works for you, what makes you feel your best, the best version of yourself, which I talk about daily to all of my clients. And I want to just talk a little bit more about accessories because accessories aren't just jewelry. Accessories are scarves. Scarves can play a huge role in your outfit. Some women are like, I hate scarves. I feel like I'm being strangled and I won't wear a scarf. Well, there are ways you can wear a scarf that you don't feel strangled. We can get into that at another time. But a scarf can do a lot of things for an outfit. You know, taking a very basic dress, a very basic pantsuit and throwing that scarf to add the color around your face if you're not a jewelry person works. And the other accessory that is a hard one for everybody are belts. A lot of women don't even like to wear belts because they feel like their stomachs are hanging out or they feel fat or this or that. Again, if you find the right belt and you wear it different ways, you can then create a waist for yourself if you're a person that never has a waist. So those are two things that I wanted to make sure we talked about that were unrelated to jewelry. Great points. I love it. You know, I have seen some scarf tutorials that are floating around social media that I don't remember what this woman's name is, but I'm like, holy, holy moly, I would like to learn how to do that rather than just hanging it over the lapels of your jacket or whatnot. Some really cute stuff. So I'm sure it could be, I'm sure you could probably find it on YouTube or, or something you can. like that. I, I, that's what I recommend is I have clients go on YouTube. If I'm not with them, if I am with them, I do my own little tutorial. But there are so many different ways that you can wear a scarf. I mean, you could take a ginormous scarf and make it a swimsuit cover-up. Lisa, what? we need to video you doing a scarf tutorial. We could do that, Katie. Right, I, I can't do it future. myself. Sure. We'd have to do it together. We can do it together. That would be fun. Let's, let's put it on the to-do list. Okay. Everybody, right. you'll uh, be getting that in the future. <laughs> in the future. Uh, I want to, I want to shout out. I've not met him. I can't wait to meet him at some point. Your nephew, Brad, is it? Yes. My nephew, Brad, who I love the fact that he listens to my podcasts and um, it just makes my heart warm. And when he lets me know that he's listened and he gives me feedback and comments sometimes, and I love it. So that's thank fantastic. You, and it sounds like Brad in your family or amongst his friends is really kind of does what you do in giving advice or having a, a look about him or a style that people really resonate with. Yes. Brad has great style. I do not help Brad, but Brad has great style. Well, there you go. Genetically you're linked. He's just, you know, he's just the next generation of taking it to the next level. Maybe, maybe. Well, if any of you want to know how to get a hold of Lisa, you can do that by you can go to my website at wardrobeconsulting.net or you can go and email me at lisa at wardrobeconsulting.net. And I am at Katie at katieharms.com, website katieharms.com. Both of us are on social media. We are really enjoying the feedback we're getting on our social media platforms. The View in Your Mirror podcast is on any of your podcast platforms. So make sure if you're listening and you have not subscribed that you do so. And make sure that you look at yourself in the mirror and you tell yourself how absolutely incredible you are because you are the only 
view. And that view is spectacular. Until next time. 